0: When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old US of A, you might just think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program that hopefully will cause you to stop and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state Of our American story. If I didn't have a full time job and a requirement for a steady income, I'd probably take the Truth Hurts program to a more national broadcast format. But for the time being, I'll still continue to enlighten my listeners with my point of view on various topics. Good afternoon, everyone. It is 1.30 Central Time in the United States of America, and this is the afternoon edition of the Truth Hurts Program. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Here's your host, Steve Z. the on-again, off-again, on-again presidential campaign of rap artist Kanye West, you know, the one where he announced he was running for president on July 4th, and then a week or so ago said, nah, and now he's saying he is again? During a private invitation-only event, West made some disparaging remarks about black civil rights pioneer Harriet Tubman, saying that she did not, in fact, free any slaves, She just made them work for different white men. Okay. Earlier, he spoke about he and his baby mama thinking they would have an abortion, but then he recalled that his own mama was thinking about aborting him, and if that had happened, there would be no Kanye West. Hmm. Makes you wonder. In the gun-free city of Chicago, Illinois, the Democrat Haven, where it is illegal to have a handgun, Somehow, in a strange turn of events, 13 people were shot over the weekend after a fight broke out in a crowd of about 200 non-social distancing morons. With guns. With illegal guns. In Democrat-run Chicago, the gun-free city where guns are outlawed. Guns, 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 guns. Oh, and also in a city that's supposedly on lockdown with social distancing requirements in effect guns. So much for peaceful protest, right? CNN today posted an article claiming the labeling of Portland protesters as violent, calling out a popular conservative talk show host for leading off his cable television program with the headline, More Violence Grips Portland, and showing some very scary video from the streets of Portland, Oregon. My question to CNN is this. Is there any violence in any of the riots or protests or marches in Portland? Now remember, CNN, we're listening and we're watching. If your answer is no, we then have proof positive that CNN is fake news. A 12 block area in the city of Portland, Oregon was taken over by violent protesters, period. So when one news outlet points out these facts and another news outlet decides to call them out on it and say it's really not that violent, you have to wonder. You need to only look at the actual video and the photographs of the violence which included people armed with bats and clubs and hockey sticks and umbrellas, wearing helmets and face shields, violently tearing down a security fence in an attempt to destroy a federal courthouse building. I don't know what the hell CNN is seeing, or what they're seeing but choosing to not report, but there is violence in Portland, Oregon, as hands and bats and sticks and bottles are thrown at police officers, at the hands of armed thugs, and now, apparently, even their mommies. In Portland, Oregon, a wall of moms Women, dressed in yellow shirts, linked arm to arm, stood in front of their children against the federal law enforcement officials. And the mommies decided to shield those angry little teenage and 20-year-olds and 'er 30-year-old ne'er-do-wells, those mobs of protesters, hell-bent on destroying a courthouse building. The idiot women shouted things like, Feds stay clear. Moms are here. And feds go home just before their darling little children decided to tear down fences erected around the building. Federal agents don't give a damn about mommies, I guess. And they shouldn't if those mommies are protecting those little thugs from damaging a federal building. Federal agents deployed tear gas and flashbang grenades, and the crowds were finally dispersed by the feds late into the evening and early morning hours. You see, the protesters cheered when they tore down those fences and advanced with clubs and sticks and rocks and bottles towards the doors of the courthouse. The rioters carried shields, helmets, guns, gas masks, umbrellas, baseball bats, and hockey sticks, and they tried to enter but fortunately were repelled by the federal agents on scene. Where were the Portland police officers? To enforce the law, they swore to uphold and protect. Oh, that's right, they were ordered by their Democrat mayor and police chief to stand down. And the police department spokesman was quick to announce that they were basically too chicken shit to intervene, either on behalf of federal law enforcement or on the side of the rioters. Comfortably neutral. And they made sure to appease the crowds by saying, It was not the Portland Police Department that deployed tear gas on you, or engaged in any way with you rioters. Personally, I think the best way to handle these violent protesters is to hire a group of septic tank cleaning companies and simply spray these idiots with the same crap that they're spewing to let them know that their crap is not appreciated. In fact, any illegal protests should be met with some blue dye being sprayed onto anyone who destroys public or private property, who chooses to rob or loot or steal or burn anything that doesn't belong to them. And then you simply run around and track down all these blue idiots with the phrase, if you're blue, we're coming for you. We'll be right back. Sorry if you are offended, but the truth hurts. Here's your host, Steve Z. Trader Joe's, the high end grocery store, is now the latest corporation to be targeted by the BM movement. Ah, excuse me, the BLM movement. According to the Associated Press, there are now demands, not requests, but demands that the store chain change the name on most of its products because they are deemed racist. Names like Trader Ming's for their Chinese selections, Trader Jose for their Mexican food, and Trader Giotto's for their Italian food lines. Because supposedly, according to some butthurt little snowflakes, those names perpetuate harmful stereotypes. So there are no Asian people named Ming? No Mexicans named Jose? No Italians named Giotto? Hmm. The group is calling for a name change, saying that Trader Joe's branding exoticizes other cultures as if to say that Trader Joe's is a default normal and anything else is not normal. And of course, Trader Joe's doesn't want to be labeled as racist. They don't want their windows smashed and their buildings vandalized or burned or looted. So Trader Joe's has cowardly began to kowtow to the demands of yet another cancel culture movement. Such a damn shame. I don't buy there anyway, but such a damn shame. Every election year, the major candidates are always asked if they will honor the election results if they lose as the candidate. Every election, every single time. If the previous few elections were used as an example, let's go back to the 2000 election where Bush-Gore came down to A ridiculous 24-hour-a-day non-stop shellacking of smears and smudges and who could forget the hanging chads. Bush won, and even after months and months, they tried to deny him the White House because he's a Republican. If you recall, Hillary refused to honor the result of the Trump victory as well. The upcoming presidential election is already reaping non-ugly, or excuse me, ugly non-benefits of the same issue. Fox News Sunday's host Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump if he would readily accept the results of the November election if he happens to lose. Trump said, quote, it depends, unquote. Basically, if it's a close election result and there are massive improprieties in the process, such as, oh, I don't know, large quantities of dead people voting Democrat, for example, I would expect, no, hell, I would demand that the election results be questioned. Trump said, quote, no, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to just say no. And I didn't last time either, unquote. Biden's campaign said in response to the Fox News comment, quote, the American people will decide this election, and the United States government is perfectly capable of escorting trespassers out of the White House. Unquote. Perfectly capable? Don't you realize that those perfectly capable federal people are perfectly capable of removing people from federal property when they're illegally protesting and damaging federal property? Oh, but. The double standard is alive and well, now isn't it? The same idiots on the left don't want those perfectly capable federal authorities to remove trespassers and anarchists from federal highways and courthouses, etc. But they'd be perfectly capable of escorting Donald Trump and his lovely wife, the first lady, the beautiful first lady, Melania Trump, out of the White House if Biden happens to win. I pulled the following lines from the Associated Press's article about this question that was posed to Trump by Chris Wallace, and it says, quote, It is remarkable that a sitting president would express less than complete confidence in the American democracy's electoral process. But for Trump, it comes as it comes from his insurgent playbook of four years ago, when in the closing stages of his race against Hillary Clinton, he said he would not commit to honoring the election results if the Democrat won. Hey, dumbasses, do you not remember it was Hillary Clinton who refused to honor the results at first? Do you not remember that it was the Democrat Party who spent four damned years trying to nullify the election of Donald Trump by repeated coup attempt after coup attempt after coup attempt? I wish Fox would fire Chris Wallace. He's been a flip-flop, backstabbing, no-good, lousy journalist who follows the paycheck from network to network. He's not a journalist. He's obvious biased against Republican goes back as far as his entire reporting career. Our next story is called what's 2 trillion more, right? Well, $2 trillion is what gropey Joe Biden has in store for you. The American taxpayer Biden in lockstep with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her crazy green new deal, along with Bernie Sanders. Yep. They've torn each other down for almost a year, year and a half now, but now they're coming together because they know they cannot beat Donald Trump as a singular entity. Biden in lockstep with AOC and crazy Bernie and the wacky green new deal is proposing to tax you to fund his $2 trillion clean energy, infrastructure, and climate change program aside from all the other spending the Democrats will do if they're elected. This plan will most likely bankrupt the nation and plunge the economy into free fall like Venezuela. Two trillion dollars with a T over four years in addition to the other massive tax increases that Biden has promised he will implement if elected. The plan will most certainly increase your monthly utility bills by at least half, maybe double, and some reports as much as five times what you're paying now. The plan requires a complete overhaul of the nation's electric grid to a computerized grid that the government can, at its own choice and discretion, simply turn off to punish people who don't agree with their points of view. The plan requires an overhaul to the electric grid, which will hurt middle income to lower middle income Americans the most. The gropey Joe Biden, crazy Bernie Sanders, wacky AOC unity task force announced a plan to eliminate carbon pollution from power plants by 2035. To eliminate carbon pollution from power plants by 2035. Well, the only way to do that would be to eliminate carbon, which means no more oil, no more coal, no more wood burning to produce electric power. Sounds good, right? Wrong. The plan calls for installing 500 million solar panels and 80,000 wind turbines at your expense. those items have proven over the past two decades to not be efficient and not be the answer to energy requirements of our nation. And with wonderful programs during the Biden-Obama administration, like Solyndra, where the government paid millions of dollars to a company that simply kicked back money to those entities, those campaigns, and then declared bankruptcy, disappearing in the night like a pyramid scheme president. They bankrolled the Biden-Obama supporters' pockets, and they cost taxpayers millions in bailouts and bankruptcies. And here's the kicker. According to Forbes magazine, the ambitious plan of Joe Biden will likely result in you spending five times the amount you are currently spending each month for electricity. Hey folks, don't say I didn't warn you. We'll be right back. You're not going to like hearing this. After all, the truth hurts. You've heard all the conspiracy theories about censorship in the media, in the electronic media, in the social media. But here's one for you. July 4th weekend, the Trump campaign reached out to millions and millions of potential voters by sending out individual text messages through cell phones, and the puppet masters did not like it. After a little over a million of the text messages went out, the anti-Trump leaders at Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T flagged the peer-to-peer messaging operation. Which, by the way, differs greatly from a robo-texting operation in that these particular messages were sent out individually instead of in a massive blast to all phone numbers. These messages were sent individually to individual potential Trump supporters. But the mega minds at Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T decided to implement a little censorship and they shut down the message midstream. It's targeted political interference of the election process. Can you imagine all the ATT and Verizon and T Mobile locations and their windows being smashed and their buildings looted and burned if those companies attempted to shut down mass texts for the BM movement? I know, BLM, but it just sounds better and more appropriate to call it the BM. Or how about if they shut down a Democrat minority candidate? There'd be rioting in the stores, a call for a national boycott against those service providers. The mainstream media would be bashing those phone companies 24-7. There'd be hysteria in the streets. But hey, it's, it's against Donald Trump, so who gives a damn, right? No shirt, no shoes, no service. You've heard that for many, many years. Now it's no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service in many, many places. But in more and more retail shops, it's no MAGA hat. That's right. Wearing a MAGA hat is far more insulting and insidious to many low-wage retail workers. Back in February, a Vans store employee told a 14-year-old child customer, F.U., because the child happened to be wearing a MAGA hat. The incident was posted all over social media, but not in the mainstream media, as you would come to expect. Video was posted on social media showing the mother of the young teen child confronting the employee of the store and then discussing the incident with the store manager. After the mother reported the incident to the manager, the manager told the woman, quote, I'm sure he's heard it before, unquote. Then the manager reportedly told the woman to, quote, go about your business, unquote. Strangely enough, I tried to pull up the actual video again today, but it has been removed from social media. I wonder why. Unknown my ass. Last month in Juneau, Alaska, a customer was treated to a rude comment written in red ink on the inside of a burrito wrapper that bled onto his actual tortilla. The note from the food service worker, worker read, quote, I saw your MAGA hat and sign, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Don't come here again, unquote. Worried about what else might have been added to his order, like saliva stew. The customer threw out the food, but he kept the wrapper in hopes that he could talk to the owner of this crappy little coffee shop and see if he might be interested to know how his employees behave on the job. Apparently, that didn't go over so well. And now, hopefully, half the town will refuse to patronize this joint. Yes, Trump Derangement Syndrome, or TDS, has gripped nearly half of a nation who still cannot find, four years later, the ability to accept the fact that Donald J. Trump is their president, whether they like it or not. It's been a year and a half, in fact, since that teenage student from Covington Catholic High School was falsely accused of taunting a Native American man whilst the student was wearing a MAGA hat. Remember Nick Sandman, a teenage child, was having a polite conversation on a school tour with a Native American man during a school trip to the nation's capital? when this true a-hole of a human being named Nathan Phillips took a snippet of video and photographs about the exchange and lied, claiming that Nick Sandman was some kind of Nazi in a MAGA hat and that he was out there taunting and torturing an elderly Indian? The asshats on the left, especially those at CNN, tried to ruin the reputation of a child over a lie, and they even went after his school, calling it a racist institution. Fortunately, the truth was exposed after someone spoke to the elderly Native American man. Sandman was exonerated for the lies perpetrated against him. CNN, who reported and perpetrated the lie, was sued, and Sandman received what is thought to be a many-figured settlement, though the amount was not disclosed as condition of the settlement. And Sandman benefited further from the lie of CNN, and Nathan Phillips in the forms of GoFundMe donations and scholarships to college. Speaking of win-win, there's a win-win-win for the Win dixie grocery store chain. First, the news came out that Win dixie grocery stores, a chain of a couple of hundred locations in the southeastern United States, would not be pandering to the 13% crowd, or the BM crowd, and they would not change their iconic name, Winn-Dixie. Now the chain, owned by Southeast grocers, grocers, with its operations in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, North and South Carolina, has stated that they will not require customers to wear masks in their store locations, which include Winn-Dixie, Bilo, Harvey Supermarkets, and Fresco y Mas store names. Of course, you're welcome to wear a mask if you choose to enter Winn-Dixie. They won't tell you you can't shop there if you wear a mask. They're also not going to deny your entry into their store if you're not wearing a mask. Good for you, Winn-Dixie. I personally choose to wear a mask in public locations. I won't be disrespectful over any company who requires masks. I just have to pick and choose which companies I want to patronize. For me, it's just the right thing to do, to wear a mask, that is. But for many others, I applaud winn courage to stand up, for people's rights to choose their own paths. It makes you wonder, what would the media be saying right now if Donald Trump had ordered and required every American to wear a mask while in public? I'll tell you how that goes right after this. out loud exactly what you are thinking. Steve Z, and the Truth Hurts Program. The word choice has been adopted by the left as an excuse to kill unborn children. Period. If a woman makes the choice to kill her unborn child... The unborn child obviously has no say in the matter, nor does the would-be baby daddy in most instances, and the left applauds the choice and the woman's right to that choice, right? But when it comes to choice of whether or not to wear a mask in public, many Americans are finding they have no choice at all, no choice whatsoever. The left tells people that they should not have a choice to refuse to wear a mask. They tell Americans who don't wear a mask in public that they could be killing grandma. Now look, there's a vast difference between the minuscule percentage that junior not wearing a mask might possibly affect a grandma, but there is a 100% chance of death when a woman chooses to kill her unborn child. Big difference, right? minute chance of COVID going to grandma if junior doesn't wear a mask versus 100% chance of death of a defenseless child when a mother makes her choice. See? Of course, some of you do see. Some of you refuse to see. And some of you see but refuse to acknowledge. So the word choice is a double standard and a double-edged sword. Now, earlier I teased... What would the media be saying right now if Donald Trump had ordered, directed, instructed, and demanded that every American must wear a mask in public? Well, it might go like this. Trump is acting like a dictator telling people they have to wear a mask in public. Doesn't he realize this is a free country? He doesn't have a constitutional authority to tell anyone they have to wear a mask. Who the hell does Donald Trump think he is? That's how it would go, and you damn well know it. All the memes would have Trump with a Hitler mustache and his hand in the air as a Heil Hitler symbol holding a mask, telling you, oh, you have to wear a mask, I'm a dictator, blah, 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 blah. Well, I guess the double standard is alive and well. And finally today, apparently... The reduction in airline and cruise travel has had a deleterious effect on, wait for it, weather forecasting. Yes, with the ever-growing attempt to blame everything on either COVID-19 or racism tied to Donald Trump, the idiots in the news media are now blaming all of the inaccuracies in their weather forecasting of late on the Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus-19. You heard me correctly. Lancaster University's Environment Center found that temperature readings, wind speed, atmospheric pressure, and relative humidity errors are the direct result of a lack of airplanes in the air and the absence of cruise ships on the ocean's because, you see, in addition to satellites and ground-based weather stations located mainly at airports and other municipal facilities, the weather wonks need to get real-time data from passing aircrafts and ships at sea to confirm their highly paid guesswork. And since the Wu flu has hurt the travel industry, a reduction in real-time data reporting has apparently been the result so when they tell you it's going to be a dry day and it turns out raining if they tell you it's going to be cool but it's blistering hot if they tell you that a storm is a coming and it doesn't blame it on the Wuhan China novel coronavirus 2019 appropriately renamed COVID-19 because it's apparently easier for some ignorant people to pronounce And this is the afternoon edition of the Truth Hurts Program. We'll see you tomorrow. Just remember, everybody, it is the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. And that's about all I have to say on this topic, for now. Usually when all is said and done, much more is said than is ever done. But it is sometimes the doing that causes more harm than it does good. So go out and make a difference in the world. But whatever you do, make it a positive change, not a negative one. This is the Truth Hurts Program, and we'll see you next time.